Fuck, I'm already the asshole. You cheating fuck. You told me you're at a business meeting. Now, who, who is this, right? <laughs> the 335 guys in their DMs, and that's where you live. If you're going to respect every person's time always, like you're gonna have a really, really hard life. A girl like straight flaked on me. That messed me <laughs> up. I really hope one of these girls flakes, because if they don't. <laughs> don't you understand? You're contributing to the problem. You are the problem. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you are the problem, Robbie. I think we can You're all agree with that. Welcome to the Inner Confidence Podcast, where we bring you men's dating and lifestyle advice that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Robbie Kramer, a former collegiate golfer turned poker pro turned finance guy who became obsessed with learning about male-female attraction and dynamics and passionate about teaching men how to improve and optimize their love life. Tune in each week and we'll bring you the latest and greatest strategies on how to get more dates, how to build a thriving social circle that brings the best men and women into your life, how to become a better networker, and how to design a lifestyle that makes all your jealous. If you're new to the show, I recommend you download my first date protocol. It's the best piece of content I have. It'll help you optimize your first date and subsequent dates. And I like to connect with my listeners personally. So if you want to grab a copy of that, please send me a direct message on Instagram. I'm at Robbie underscore Kramer. Now let's dive into this week's content. So today we are going to talk about date scheduling. Recently, one of the guys in the group posted, it's so frustrating. I plan my whole week out and a lot of time organizing dates. And then when one cancels, it messes everything up. And a lot of the members in the IC community have been struggling with scheduling dates and maintaining a social calendar once they start attracting a lot of women, right? It's, it's, it's not easy. You got to navigate a lot of these different issues. And especially if you're a busy guy with a successful career, you've probably really honed your skills when it comes to scheduling for work, right? Like if you take a logical approach to scheduling, you use a calendar management tool like Calendly. It's a very straightforward process. And unfortunately, this model really breaks down for dating. Like in a perfect world, you meet a girl, you send her your Calendly link and you have her schedule herself in. And we all know that's a pipe dream. That ain't never going to happen. So beautiful women are increasingly flaky. And that trend is really only getting worse because as you see in today's dating marketplace, there's an abundance of thirsty and simpy dudes who can't get a date. They're putting the pussy on the pedestal and reinforcing flaky behavior even that much more. So on this podcast, we're really going to dive into the best practices to win the dating game, avoid frustration that comes with flaking and scheduling, and really not drive yourself crazy. And uh, the typical successful guy is, like I said, incredibly frustrated with this. And that's why I invited on Amir, who's an extremely successful businessman. He runs two different companies and, you know, is really helping me within the community to come up with strategies that address this issue because it is a very, very big issue. Um, so, Amir, welcome to the, to the podcast. Good to be here, Robbie. So why don't you give us your experience when it comes to to flakes because I'm sure, I'm sure you've been flaked on before. Well, so yeah, first of all, I have a kid half the time. I run many companies. I'm always starting new stuff. And uh, when I say yes to anybody such as this podcast, I'm, I'm saying no to other people implicitly or explicitly. Right. And I take my word very, very, very seriously. And um, I was getting very upset probably, I don't know, last year, Seeing very upset. I, 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 at one point, I was literally like, "Are these people? Are these women bad people?" Like literally, I was, I was so upset because I couldn't understand. You know, I never had that sort of. I never felt that before. It was just like it felt really like they're just terrible human beings. Um, 
because I, it would stuff like stuff like having to like cancel sitters and like because like my date who confirmed flaked on me right and it was just like it was embarrassing right it was bad mm-hmm. um and then uh, as my as I worked more with you and the group, I started having many more options. A lot of women wanted to date me, and uh, then I uh, had my first flake, or I flaked on somebody, and it was a very eye-opening experience. Um, it never would have happened in my past. Before I knew how to be uh, a better, a more attractive man, like it was um, very hard to get dates, and getting one was like I was all I was thinking about, right? Like the idea of flaking. Are you kidding me? I'm more likely to show up an hour ahead of time and sit there and wait for them. Like I would never flake, right? Right. So it never really <laughs> came up, right? But then I had this experience, um, and it was like I had a date plan, call it seven o'clock, whatever. But I even had two planned. I don't really remember. But it's like got busy at work and like some social obligations came up and I was kind of anxious throughout the day about like, what am I supposed to do about this date? Am I going to cancel? Am I not going to cancel? Should I reschedule? Like, was she that hot? I don't really remember which one she was anyway. And and then I like kind of am realize it's 727. I'm at a party with friends, sort of for work, sort of personal. And my date's in three minutes. And then I'm like, Fuck. I'm I'm already the asshole, right? <laughs> like, well what, well, what do I do? Do I text her? I mean, like, well, she didn't like text me, you know. And and then it's like, okay, well, like, I'll figure it out later. And then I later, I'm like, well, what do I say? It's like I'll figure it out even later. And then eventually, it's like 36 hours later, and it's like, well, say lovey, right? Say lovey, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> you weren't really even sure if. So you don't even know if she showed up. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. I never, I never really made a decision to flake. I never really made a decision to ghost. It's more like a bunch of stuff that didn't that happened, and like that. I just like my investment in her, her investment, just like wasn't high enough that I felt, you know, I felt like vaguely guilty, but like there was like really no ethical like obligation there, right? Like, um, and so that was this realization of like, oh, this is what it's like for women, right? Especially really attractive women, right? And so as I've, you know done better in my dating life and me just like more honestly just female friends i actually learned more from my attractive female friends than dates because my female friends are super real with each other you know and just looking right. through their phones like oh my god right like just look it's like why are they like some of my best friends right like taylor's one of my best friends she absolutely wants to respond to everything i say i see her phone it's 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 unmanageable like you you couldn't possibly keep up with it right like and so she's popping in right and she's looking for specific things or when she gets randomly bored or whatever but like she could not possibly keep up with the number of inbound connections right um and understanding that and now i once i had sort of once my sort of level of abundance and attractiveness went up that started happening to me right not nearly the scale that happens to like her right but still on some scale and um i think I had to start to to understand sort of what is appropriate level of priority from them. It is appropriate that this person they've never really met and hasn't invested in them. Right. And they haven't invested in that person comes fairly low on the priority list. And like their priorities are like one, anything related to their career. And keep in mind for a lot of the more attractive women, their career and their social life are very woven together. Right. Like some of my friends who are models, like they're pretty much the same thing. Right. Right. A lot of them are working in you know the the social life industry or nightlife and it's like it's all the same 
Right, right. So anything that they get FOMO over, right, is going to come up there. Their family, guys are already sleeping with, they're interested in, their girlfriends, their guy friends, their pets working out, the relative nutrition of chia seeds in their morning smoothie, the 335 <laughs> guys in their DMs, and that's where you live, right? Right. That's where you live. Like, and by the way, like, it's appropriate. The, like, their level of investment is appropriate based off of, like, your level of investment and how much they know you. And kind of, like, understanding that really helps free you from really helps free me from this sense of like oh they're like bad people or they don't respect my time or an ethical obligation that I had it's like well no I don't have that same level of ethical obligation to them that I have to you Robbie because I don't know them we haven't invested in each other it's not right. the bar isn't the same right um that'll making sense to you totally and this came up recently with another guy in the group who was he was really upset and he messaged me um, and he said, like, this flaking needs to stop this. Like, he, he was really upset. And I gave him the strategy that we're going to reveal a little bit later. And and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it has to do with double booking in the event where, you know, women flake on you to avoid triple that booking is the new double booking. <laughs> exactly. And he goes, <laughs> he got even more upset and he goes, don't you understand? You're contributing to the problem. You are the problem. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, you are the problem, Robbie. I think we can You're all agree with that. You're contributing to this behavior. And I'm like, what, are you going to change, rid the world of flaking? That's your new mission in life? And, um, <laughs> you know, that then the conversation sort of spiraled into like a shouting match and you're stupid. No, you're stupid. So that didn't go very well. Um, but he was very vehemently opposed to the idea of double booking and basically saying, because she did X badly, you should do Y badly. And I tried to explain to him that like that's, he's not really seeing the bigger picture there. So we're going to get into that and we're going to get into the morality behind some of these strategies. But I mean, you already kind of touched on that. It's like, she has no, like you are so low on her totem pole that you thinking you matter is, is just, it's just wrong. Right. It's a, it's a total misunderstanding of the situation because she's going to be loyal first to her close friends and family, to her dog, to her workout schedule. Like you mentioned the, the, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the amount of chia in her uh, in her uh, muesli every morning. Um, there's like her social circle, the, the guys who are already in her life. And you're like so far down on that list, especially if you're using online dating, right? Like if you're not using a social circle strategy, which at least you can get up on that list if you are meeting women through your social circle. But that was just a funny sort of anecdote I wanted to add in. So, so uh, you know, hopefully the guy listening will... Uh, we'll get that sort of <laughs> straightened out for him. Totally. I mean, there's this like, there's this philosophical thing, which I don't think people understand. Like there's a scope to things like ethics, morality, and common wisdom, like laws, for instance, like speed limits 55. Should you go 55? Like, do you go 55? Cause I don't, I don't go 55. No way. I go, I, I, go 50. I go, I actually, I set my, like if I'm on the, on the highway where it's 65 in California, I set my cruise control at 79 because oh. I feel like if I get radar 79, it's under 80. You're on the border of like, let this guy go. Yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> the point is, is that like, but as a society, right, as a society, so you're optimizing for your the best use of your time, 
right? You have objectives. You have a limited amount of time in which you're awake and sober. Very small window for you, Robbie, I know. And like, like, you want to get shit done, right? And so like for you, utility is maximized by getting from place to place in like an expedient and sort of balancing out safety, right? And like, you're perfectly capable of driving 80 miles an hour safely on normal American highways, right? Um, However, as a society, like proper function, stability, all that sort of shit, that is that is what society is optimized for. We're not optimizing for whether or not Robbie gets home in time to get laid, right? Like, like as a society, we're optimizing we for should like, be, but yeah, another conversation. <laughs> as a society, we're we're appropriately optimizing for like stability and progress and and all these sorts of things that like really matter. And therefore, we have laws we have common wisdom right like kids you should all go to college common wisdom brings the floor up right like like i dropped out of college college was fucking stupid for me right it held me back right like it wasn't the right thing for me and for i think people who have skill sets and the ability to learn on their own and aren't afraid of risk and like whatever like maybe two hundred thousand dollars in debt isn't the best utility right but as a whole right like people should get educated right so there's all this like levels to this sort of stuff. And when you talk about things like the ethics and morality of respecting people's time, like it matters at what level you're talking. If you're going to respect every person's time always, like you're going to have a really, really hard life because you're going to be able to get anything done for yourself, especially if you are a high value person and you've got a lot of people that want things from you, right? Um, Because what's going to functionally happen is you're going to have to make decisions between do you give somebody time or not, and they're not going to feel respected. Right. Like that's just real life if you're a high value person. Right. Um, But as a society, we should respect people's time. And and like I think people get really confused about what's in their individual best interest and what a society needs to function. And people internalize society level rules and wisdom and ethics as like their duty. And it's like, that's cool that you're dragging that ball around, going to make you slower and I'm going to rip by you and I'm going to win in life because you're being held down by that ball that was never really meant for you. It was meant for society as a whole. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's an amazing way to put it and frame it because that makes a ton of sense. And that's exactly right. My <laughs> The end of that conversation was like, all right, well, I'm going to continue double and triple booking and enjoy <laughs> my life while you stay frustrated. Yeah, you fight, you fight, you fight like the, well, it's like the people who bring in politics into individual relationships. It's like, oh, cool. So you've decided to destroy the potential happiness of this connection because you want to bring the aggregate, the overall society level ills into this moment because you mistakenly identify with that more than yourself and the human being right in front of you. It's a very common problem and, and it's just misguided, you know? Right. Branch over. Um, anyhow. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Thank you. I'm because you were on my side, of course, but yeah, but yeah it's... <laughs> But the other thing so, I would say is, but the other thing I want to put put out here is, well, everything I just said about my friends, the girls, and the priority and stuff like that, it's actually more true the higher quality of the girl, right? So if she's an extrovert with a lot of friends, a lot of stuff, she's more likely to flake on you, right? Not because she's a meaner person or a bad person, because there's just more shit up the priority list than you are as 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 like thirsty guy in her DMs, right? Like, and, and yeah, that's that's so important. To, to note, and I experienced that personally when I was at the height of my single life. Uh, I had a very active social circle. I had tons of leads from that social circle. 
I stopped doing all the things that got me to that place. Like I stopped meeting women during the day. I stopped going out and approaching them at bars. I'd show up to a nightclub with eight of my hot girlfriends and I'd meet other girls just by kind of the ones that, you know, make their way around our table or I would, you know, meet women through their friends and their network. That's how I met my wife. And I got to the point where like girls would hit me up on Instagram and they would like ask me out and I just wouldn't respond most of the time because like why would I invest in that random stranger which could be a total flop when I know for sure I've got all of these really high quality leads lined up and I don't have to go on a date like a date seemed like a forced awkward much worse use of my time than what I was doing which was group dates and every hot girl is living this lifestyle probably to a point that was at least equal, if not better, if she's really smoking hot in a big city than what I was doing. So to your case in point. So I think one of the, back to the ethics thing, right? Like um, the ethic, ethics of flaking. Like what you have to understand is, is that like you don't owe somebody who you haven't invested in, they haven't invested back anything, right? Yeah. Like, and, and like if you take on the ethics of the society at an individual level, it's a huge burden. And if the other person isn't doing it back, that's asymmetric investment, right? You're investing more than they're investing back in you. And it's like, why, why are you doing that? And it's because like, it's a woman, right? That's why, that's why you're doing it. Right. And like, you're creating this asymmetric investment and they haven't invested back in you. And like, it's, it's the ethics that you think apply, like, they don't really apply to that situation. There's no investment. And and you're talking about like as a society level when this is about an individual level, like it is appropriate that they have a low investment in you. It's appropriate that you have a also lower investment back in them. And like nobody's bad. Nobody's evil. There's no anger. Shouldn't be any anger involved, right? But it's really hard to feel that way when you're the one that's habitually over-investing in women you really haven't met yet, right? And that's where I was right. for a long time. Um, it wasn't until I had many options and that I understood relative investment levels that I stopped um, I stopped feeling so bound by some sort of duty to uphold an, a, a society-level ethical standard when I'm speaking to a woman, I really have no idea who she is, right? Um, and so it's, it's appropriate ethically that they're willing to just kind of like cut you out because like they don't know you, they've invested in you, you haven't invested in them, they don't owe you anything. It's appropriate that you're also willing to do the same thing back, right? That is not to say any behavior is excusable, right? That, that's not to say that at all. But I think the more pro, the better question is is like what investment level have i seen and what investment level am i going to offer back in return most people that are getting their leads online or whatever like they've seen almost no investment level and they should offer almost no investment level right um, now that doesn't mean be stupid don't be mean to people don't do things that are good just don't don't don't, don't like spread bad juju Right. Mm -hmm. But it but it does mean like expect that because your relative investment levels are so low that like it's very likely something higher priority will take her attention away from you before you can increase that investment level this time. This time. Right. She's not dead. Right. You probably won't see her. Probably. But like I've had multiple many, many. I've had many, many sort of like one of us couldn't make it, whatever. And just like reach back out some other time like, oh, man, we were supposed to meet up a few weeks ago. I was kind of excited about that. You want to go get that espresso martini this week, right? Like, and sure, totally. And actually what's funny is because even though, because you were cool about the whole thing, now you've kind of like ratcheted up a little bit. You're still pretty low priority. You're kind of like ratcheted up a little bit, right? And so like, 
I would say match relative investment levels. Don't take any of it personally and think about it as a, as a logical extension of utility. Like they have not, you have not invested enough. They have not invested enough for them to feel bound by ethics in this situation. Neither should you. That being said, if a girl is like really investing in me, right? Like if, if she's sending me long, thoughtful texts, trying to reveal who she is, sending pictures and memes, I might be a little weirded out depending on how soon that is. Right. But, but if she's seems good and also just seems like really curious and interested, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably not going to set up a situation in which like I might flake on her or whatever, because at that, at that point it is a little mean, you know, at that point, I do feel like there's a little bit of an ethical standard there. So I think this ethics thing is like really, really important to understand this concept of like symmetric levels of investment. Does that make sense? Totally. And I'm glad you made that distinction because yeah, it's like you, you should have a pretty good idea in your mind of what is her likelihood of flaking. Right. And if she's, you know, if she's like above 80, 90%, you know, if she's confirmed the date, she's very enthusiastic, she's sending you cute little things, you know, like that girl's probably not going to flake. And if you flake on her, that's, yeah, that's going to kill the connection quite a bit versus if you flake on a girl where there's not much investment at all, she might actually, that might actually improve the connection. She might be like, oh, wow, I thought this guy was kind of a loser, but it's totally now, a thing. It's totally a thing. <laughs> he's flaking on him. Wow. He, I, I might have misjudged this guy. Like he's flaking on me. I don't even know the last time I've been flaked on. This is, this is interesting. I should give this guy a harder, harder look. Totally. Right. Like, and I've actually, so I've had, I've had those girls start to chase me before, or even on a different medium, right? Like all of a sudden they're in my IG, like, you know, we were texting before. It's like, uh, it's totally right. It, like, like, I think the flow that happened was I gave them their IG. They didn't bother to follow it. We were texting. Then I was like, Hey, I can't make it. You know, can you do this time? They're like, can't make it. I was like, ah, oh, well, whatever next time. Right. And then they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And they go follow me on IG. Right. <laughs> and then they like see my IG and they like, Oh, this dude seems fairly legit. And they, and then they comment on one of my pictures. Right. And then, and like now, now they're in my DMs. Right. Like, <laughs> Like that's yeah. Happen. Now they're watching your stories and they're in your long-term long game sort of dating. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I think one of the other principles here is, is like, just like you can't take anything seriously ever. <laughs> like you just can't. Like if, it's just like, because it's a low, it's a low value. It's a low status thing to do. If you care, you're asymmetrically invested, right? Like if you don't care because like investment levels are low. You go in so many dates, you've got so many options that honestly, like a couple hours to like just chill out and watch TV feels, sounds fucking awesome. You know, like then your status is really high and that's when you can win. Right. Um, well, yeah, it's like a lot of guys. And I see this all the time because a lot of guys come to me who are in a similar sort of situation as you like very successful business guys. Right. And they're, they're very like automated. They're very efficient. Everything they do when it comes to business is like, you know, it's lean and it's, it's like, you know, we're going to schedule this thing. Right. And then I, I see how much that doesn't translate into dating life. Like, being rigid, being perfect, being automated, being efficient, that does not work with women. In fact, you, you need to like totally change the mindset to being chill, non-reactive, going with the flow. It's all good. You know, I've got other shit going on is, is a much better motto. And like anytime you find yourself getting reactive, taking it personally when a girl flakes or asked to reschedule and you'd be like, this is really screwing up my schedule. Like that's the sort of mindset you need to switch. 
Yeah, you know, it's still hard though. I remember, I remember, I had that situation a few weeks ago where like a girl like straight flaked on me on like a date six. That messed right? me up. <laughs> that messed me up. Like, cause like I was really into her, and it was just like, oh my god, that messed me up so bad. You know, turned out she unflaked or whatever. But like that, I was that was bad. <laughs> turns out there was a real reason for it. It yeah. wasn't like a, a total flake, right? But but well, yeah, I mean, it was like, a pretty it was a stupid reason. She solved the normal problem in the stupidest way possible, which to her was like a blocker, but to you would just be like, well, obviously you just do this other thing, right? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see how it was like, you know, it's a situation where it would totally like take you by surprise, and you might lose your ability exactly. to rationalize and like approach it optimally, you know. Hundred <laughs> percent. She's a super sweet girl, by the way, like super sweet. Um, so I, I wanted to get you know, like, it really helped for me to develop an understanding and empathy from where they're coming from and really been, having a bunch of female friends has been helpful just seeing what it's like. Like, dude, Robbie, I helped Taylor sign up for Hinge the other day and like, my God, like the amount of like dick being thrown at her is like, I cannot explain it in words. Right. And so like it helped to like develop let that like an empathy of like the situation that they're in what did that look like when you logged into her hinge or when she showed you her hinge? dude i i set it up for her like 6 p.m on like a tuesday we were out of the boat mm-hmm. she messaged me on wednesday and it was just like a picture of her lock screen it was just like all hinge matches and i like logged in and there's like a cap on the number of active likes you can have so it was just permanently capped at like i think it was like a hundred you know and every time you would like x on one it would just stay capped because there was like another infinite line of hungry guys who had already liked her. And and then she's like, well, how do I, how do I like find the ones that like I liked? I'm like, well, you gotta wait for them to log in, you know? And in the meantime, you're just getting smashed in the forehead with all these thirsty dudes. And she's just like, oh my God, right? Like, and this is Hinge. Hinge from, from the data that I pulled from the guys in the group and other guys that I know in the space, they're like, Hinge is the most, is the best dating app in most of the, you know, big Western cities these days. It's like the one where you're more, more likely to get noticed, right? Like if it was Tinder or Bumble, like, I don't even know. Well, it's like, how can they discern it from any one of these guys? Like they end up, they end up being like the one with the cowboy hat, right? Like that's like, cause like, that's like the only way they can like, you can stand up. So, so tactically I don't really do this anymore because like, um, I just, I'm busy. I'm seeing, I'm seeing somebody like all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, but when I was like in full date mode, I actually would do sort of three windows, like a six thirty window, an eight window, or nine thirty. Maybe it was maybe it was seven, nine, ten. I don't exactly remember. But I would have three windows, and I'd book two girls per window. You know, sort of maybe two to three times a week, I would do this, mm-hmm. um, and um, I would confirm all of them around eleven a.m. or noon, six, you know, five, six texts. So you're booking, you're you're booking six dates for that evening. That evening, yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I try to book for like next day or two days out, like any further than that. It's just, they don't plan. They they, they don't really plan next day either. Right. But like um, any further than that is just a total shit show. Um, So then, and, and and I would then confirm all of them at like noon. If I got two in this time slot to confirm, which didn't happen that often, almost always one of the later time slots didn't confirm. And I would wait until like three, you know, and I would text the one that double confirmed, be like, Hey, actually something came up. Can you do this other time? Right. Um, and so then I, I would kind of make it work out. And even still then, if I actually got three confirmed out of six, I might get two dates. Right. Right. Because like you, one of them just ghosts. Right? I <laughs> like, feel like the, the flake rate, it's gotta be around like two thirds. 
you know, 67%. Well, and it's like when you start measuring matters, right? Like, and, right. and like, and how you set it up matters. Cause there's girls who don't want to give you their phone number. They're like, Oh, let's can, let's just set it up over the app. There's like a 1% chance you're ever going to see that girl. Right. <laughs> like, you, know, like, you know, like, uh, so, so like all that sort of stuff goes in, but yeah, just, if you just plan on, I, I would say like, if I have three dates plan, if I expect that like one of them works out, like I'm like, that sounds about right. Um, mm -hmm. And I, the, the, so the most common thing I do is actually just push one back a couple hours or whatever. Right. Um, and by the way, like every now and then you'll just go on a killer date with like the first one and you should be like, I'm not leaving, you know, like right. I didn't used really to, well. mm -hmm. yeah, I used to do that. I used to like make myself go on all of them, but now that one, after a while I was like, no way, this one's going great. And I would just, the other ones, Hey, someone came up, came up, like can't make it. I'll, I'll hit you up tomorrow. Right. Uh, and and what happens doing, is oh go ahead. What I was gonna say is if you do this for a while, what happens is your dates stop being all new girls and what's they start to be like some new ones and then some reschedules from before. So you end up with and the reschedules have a very low flake rate, actually, right? Because like once you've changed it on them or or you've been cool about them rescheduling, you end up having a little more banter, increases relative investment levels, and it actually reduces the flake rate. I mean, it's still higher than you know, girl you've been seeing for a while, but it's not as high as new girl flake rate. So then actually your flake rate started to go down over time. You get more predictability. Right. I think it's like an unconscious shit test in a way. It's like, you know, she's going to she's not, she's probably not going to intentionally flake. The odds of something not coming up are extremely low. Right. But when she does flake, she's testing you to see how you're going to handle it. And if you handle it well, that's going to increase investment, as you said. And I noticed the same thing. I had a, a I did a challenge back in 2013 when I was living in New York City. I mean, this is 10 years ago, but it was right when Tinder was like getting going. I did. I tried to go on 50 first dates. In, in a month, in 30 days. So I had to triple book every night. I had a six o'clock, an eight o'clock, and a 10 o'clock slot, just like yep. you know you were explaining. Um, and because I was trying to go on 50 first dates, I would you know, intentionally end dates. But then as that continued, and I, I realized, you know, second dates, third dates started trickling in, and it just became incredibly yep. overwhelming. Um, but I, I was like, all right, well, how can I deal with this? Well, I'm gonna schedule the ones I like the most, towards the end of the evening. So right. if things, you know, do go well, then I don't have that like shot clock <laughs> to end the date. Um, and you know, it, it was very eye opening, just like being in that level of abundance where, you know, you go from like, Oh my God, I hope this girl doesn't flake to like, I really hope one of these girls flakes. Cause if they don't, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> well, dude, well actually there's that, but I also start thinking about like the vibe. It's like, well, if I'm really excited about this girl at seven 30, I don't want to put a girl like that might be kind of a boner at 6 30 because then I'm in like a bad mood, you know? It's like I start optimizing. I'm like, oh, this whole other level, right? Like it's like insane. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did I'm pretty sure I did 50 dates in, in a month at one point. Like there was a period I think you where did. Yeah, it's gotta be close. <laughs> <laughs> so then I mean that's maybe like I was trying to do just first dates. When you add in the second, the third dates, and then you know, the girls you yeah. start casually dating, then it's just I mean, you hit that very easily if, I mean, if, if you, if it's your full-time job and you have a lot of time to date, but, um, I think, I, I think taking two case studies, um, would be good. And the, the first case study I want to look at is the guy who has not yet sort of leaned into building his social circle. The guy who's just like going on a ton of dates, like what we just talked about. Right. Um, and then the next case study would be a guy who has 
a pretty thriving social circle where he's building that social circle. And he's also trying to schedule out his calendar, right? Because then you've got, you know, girls you're seeing, friends, like there, there's way more variables involved. Um, so do you think you think we can dive into those two um, case studies? Yeah, real, before you do that, the one thing I wanted to throw out there, because I get this a lot, mm-hmm. um, is like how often does this like blow up on you, right? Oh, yeah, and I just question. want you guys to like really hear like never. Like I've never had like a really bad outcome. I've had uh, a girl that I said we'd reschedule with and then we couldn't make it work or like whatever, but I've never had whatever you imagine badness. That's, I've never had any of that. Right. And like, um, and if anything, actually what's happened now is my status and options have gotten to the point that like, what'll happen is these girls do the sort of unconscious shit test and I'll pass with flying colors. So I don't give a shit. And then I won't ever see them because I also don't give a shit. And then they're chasing me on IG. Right. Like, um, right. so I just really want to like take away like the ethical thing by explaining like how ethics actually should work at the individual level versus the societal level. And I want to take away the like fear of it, like blowing up and like whatever, like killing your, whatever the hell you've concocted in your head guys about like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All that's going to happen. Have you ever had a, have you ever had a girl like show up? that you forgot to cancel on because you were just having so much fun on the date or anything like that. No, never anything happened like that. You might be a bigger asshole than me, Robbie. <laughs> I, I didn't have that happen, but <laughs> I did have a kind of a funny story where um, I had a date scheduled for like eight 30 at the bar, you know, below my house. And before that, I went down to just kind of warm up and have a drink. And I ended up meeting this girl that was awesome. And we were like totally vibing. And the, the first date I had was with this, uh, you know, Tinder girl that I didn't really care about. And I told the girl that I was vibing with, I'm like, hey, I have a date showing up, which is kind of annoying. I'd rather just keep hanging with you. And she's like, let's, let's fuck with her. Let's like, let's pretend that I'm your ex. And this is mean. This girlfriend. is this is mean, dude. I know it's horrible, but the, the outcome was pretty funny. So the girl shows up, and then you know we're we're chatting. I wasn't into her, um, but she seemed really into me. And then you know the other girl walks over, and she's like, "You cheating fuck! You told me you're at a business meeting now. Who who is this? Right? <laughs> she's pretending to the girlfriend." And like, then she like storms off and I say to the girl like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a jerk. I'm an asshole. And she's like, it's cool. Let's just go to another place. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, And then the whole thing ended up blowing up in my face because the girl that was, was pulling the prank on me never responded to me uh, after that. So I ended the day with, you know, ended the day with the other one. I was a jerk. Karma got the best of me so wait are you saying the sort of woman who would randomly want to prank a stranger would also be the sort of woman who is simultaneously pranking you you know hard to believe but yes (laughs) what do you know i don't condone any of that by the way i don't i don't condone that i I don't condone that behavior either that that was that was mean and i deserved what i got that was fucked up Anyways, what what were you saying before I cut off cut in? I, I don't know, but the, the point was I just wanted to take I just wanted to take away this like fear of things blowing up. Like it's it's not it's not really gonna not gonna happen. I, I actually, more than anything, like having this better frame of mind and having this strategy is just gonna make you a a more relaxed, happier 
person to go on dates with, right? Like it's going to help you understand where they're at and, and have more appropriate expectations. Um, and so I, I, I really want guys to hear that. And I think it's a, it really, when you're thinking about the stuff the wrong way, those, those flakes hurt badly. But once you understand it, it makes sense. It doesn't hurt as much. You just plan for it. Right. So if you're a, a dude who's, you know, trying to build his sort of dating life, trying to have more options out there, my advice would be to schedule like two or three date nights, like exactly what you did, you know, take uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or, or Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, right? Like not Friday, not Saturday, because if you schedule dates on those two nights, um, you're going to be missing out on other social events and the highest quality girls are going to flake on you anyways, because odds of them being free are like very slim to none. Nobody who's um, high, high status is going to see a new random person at 7.30 PM on a Friday. Right. And if you ask for that date, that's going to be a red flag. And it's if really a girl bad. tells you that she's only free on Friday or Saturday, that's, that's usually a pretty big red flag too, unless that you like really are looking for a relationship and, and even that's the wrong mentality and the, in the wrong mindset. Like the only girls that are going to be free on a Friday or Saturday are girls who are like extremely busy with work, have very like nothing. No, really no, dude, the, thing, the, the other thing I see with her a lot is, is just somebody wants a free dinner, like saying mm -hmm. seven 30 right. on a Friday, take me to a restaurant. Is this like, I want somebody to buy me a steak. Right. Yeah. So would you agree with the, with the points of don't try to schedule dates on weekends. If a girl's only free on the weekend, you know, maybe you lean into that, whatever, take it as a case by case, but it's a red flag. Um, and aim, aim for like two or three nights per week where you're stacking multiple dates. Yeah. When, I mean, there's a, there's a time and place for that. And most, I think the guys are in that time and place or they're before that. Most guys don't have enough leads to do that. But once right. you do, I think that's the right way to do it to manage your own psychology and actually just be like a healthier dater right mm -hmm. um but then eventually what happens is is like you've got it, it doesn't it's just not an issue right because like eventually you've got so many options that a flake is like well thank god you know right but yes i agree but no, no weekends double book um triple book whatever don't take it personally be super chill about everything if i text them to confirmation at 11 p 11 a.m or whatever and i don't get a response back like they don't hear from me, right? Like uh, if they come back at me with like, oh, like whatever, I have to reschedule. I'm like super chill about it. And I'll reschedule with them if they come back to me the next day, whatever. But like, I don't, if they don't confirm, they don't confirm and I just have other options, right? And I might, if I was really into her follow-up the next day, right? Um, I have occasionally tried to force it by saying like, hey, if I don't hear back from you by three, like I'm going to do something else. And I sort of don't think that's a good play anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, anything else we need to talk about when it comes to just sort of the straightforward date scheduling strategy? No, I think the place that I'm now is, is more just like, it's like after you're seeing people, how do you, how do you schedule? But that's a different conversation. Right. Um, well, I wanted to lean into more of the, how do you schedule your, your sort of social life if you're doing, you know, hosting events and, and doing those sorts of things? And how do you manage all of that? Uh, I would say this is a place that I'm frustrated by currently and, and I'm learning from some of the guys in the Brown Belt Lounge, some of your more advanced guys like Kamani, who's just a stud, um, have been kind of helping me understand the mindset, the mindset there. Uh, but I mean, this whole thing continues, right? Like um, what starts to happen is even, even once you are on the priority list, like 
even relatively high up on the priority list, um, a lot of these women, especially high value women, they just don't plan anything that isn't like their career or their family more than 12 hours out or 36 hours out or whatever it is. They just don't, they don't need to, right? right? Their obligations are to their family and their career. And a lot of times by the way, way, their career is also social life, right? And so they don't. And then, so even once you are, are a priority, you're, you become as high as you can get without being blood, right? To them. Even then it can be frustrating because you're like, I've got these tickets for this show. This is the girl I want to go with. I won't get an answer from her until the day of. Once I do that, it narrows my other options, right? And you end up in this frustrating place of, well, what do I do, right? Right. And I find this to be this to be really incredibly challenging and frustrating. And and some of the guys in the group, I think Kamani, um, said first of all, just like slow your roll, <laughs> um, <laughs> appreciate that like you're in a very good situation, which he's totally right. Um, and then I, I, he said, you know, I sort of prioritize based on who I want to spend my time with that night, and I just kind of like, you know kind of go down the list and I accept that every now and then it's not going to work out. And like, that's just life. And I think that's probably the only answer, but I, you can see the same themes that are over here kind of played out across the board, right? Like they don't plan their life that way because they have a lower level of overall responsibility. They have plentiful social options. Um, and they've really, there's really no advantage for them to plan their life that way. And, and, and my expectation that they do, um, is just misguided, but it's still hard to deal with that that reality when my time is actually incredibly valuable and and also frankly, like I want what I want, you know? Right. Yeah, I think to avoid, you know, that feeling of, you know, just having that night go to waste, I think the key is to like always have a backup plan, right? And have the expectations of the worst case scenario and have a plan for that. Right. And that's tough when you have like show tickets, right. Cause you like really like to go to concerts, for example. And you know, it's like at the end of the day, if you get stuck with two tickets and no one to go with, right. It's like, are you going to go alone? Well, probably not. Maybe if you really like the show, but like, that's going to be a huge letdown. You know what I mean? So, you know, I would look for ways to like avoid that or have like a backup plan or just being like, okay, that's, that's part of the, the process. And I know if I'm going to do those things, there's a high chance of that happening. Or maybe having like a guy friend who's like on point, ready to go if, if all else fails. Yeah. Um, or, or like I have lots of, I mean, basically like I have a show. It's like I have generally one girl I'm very interested in. Right. And if she can't go, there's probably a couple that I'm somewhat interested in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, there's like my girlfriends that I'm not interested in, but like I love spending time with. And then somewhere distantly below that, it's my male friends. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like also as the time gets closer to the show, the invite is way less likely to be accepted. Right. And that's, and that's when you, and that's what happens is, is like you hold out for the one you really want. They plan on sort of like a 12 hour time notice maximum. And then you sort of in this, this frantic position of having to like text other people to try to do it. It sucks. It's just a sucky feeling. Right. Yeah. I think one way to possibly get around that would be to like always have a, like a wingman to go with. And then you're both, you know, scheduling people to show up. You've got the people that you, you know, want the most. And then like worst case scenario, 
you guys both completely strike out and you end up with each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, striking out together is fun. Uh, actually. Right. You end up fucking around. It's a good time. Then you have a, you have a bro night, right? A yeah, bromance night or whatever. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I used to do that with, with, you know, with nightlife. Cause I, I was never a big, like, you know, show goer, concert goer, um, you know, but I'd like, you know, get a split a bottle with a buddy at a nightclub and we would all invite our friends and, Worst case scenario, we end up going alone and then we meet girls at the nightclub together, right? And we still have the table and I'm not going to show up if he didn't show up, but I've got that foolproof sort of backup plan either way. Yeah. I mean, when you end up with a buddy and the girls in the trip, you can kind of find things to do and make it good. Some of my best nights have turned out that way. I think for me, it's, it's the, it's just the, like managing the anxiety of it in all the buildup, right? Especially if I've got my son, I've got to book sitters, you know, I'm taking time away from him to like deal with this, like that managing the anxiety and the buildup process is, is where I'm at. It's like, it's not a fear that I won't get a date. It's not like, it's just like the uncertainty around my schedule is, right. and it's not the sort of thing you can triple book, right? You can't be like, fine, well, I'll triple book my date for this one show. It's like, ah, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, Kamani like, had a good response to that actually. Cause he said, he said um, to put in the invite like this, if, if I don't hear back from you, like the seat will be taken sort of deal. I don't remember. I, I've actually, I actually had used to do that. And now that yeah. I think about it, it worked. Um, uh, and I, I forgot about that, but like, damn it, I need to do it again. Well, another thing. Oh, and this does, I actually put some of this in discord. I've started really putting funny pressure on girls. Like when they're like kind of noncommittal. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, let me see if I can read this one. Um, so I said, Morning, heading to see Tavlo tonight with friends. Got an extra ticket, want to join us. And she says, oh, I'm flying back from Utah today. Like, I might be able to make it. What time and where is the event? And I said, it's at Stubbs. The door is at seven. She'll be on at nine. And I said, flight plus show seems like a lot in one day. What time does your flight get in? Right. So now I'm kind of turning it back on her. And she's like, 5.30 p.m. I could possibly make it. I love her music. And I, my reply was, uh, hmm. Seems high risk to me. Are you the kind of girl to deprive someone else of a ticket and no show? And then just like LOLs. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. And then she says, ah, no, I'm not that kind of person. Maybe I shouldn't risk it. I really appreciate the invite. Like, like, yeah, you got it. Like, I'll put you on the first standby list. Let me know if you want to come uh, or let me know or something. I said, yeah, you got it. Hit me up when you land. If you got the energy, I'll put you up first on the standby list. And she's like, sounds good. And hearts. It. And then later that night, she was like harding the stories, right? Like, and, and right. it's like a way of demonstrating a lot of value, but also sort of like forcing. I love that. Cause you're being, yeah. you're being playful. You're showing that you're not attached. You're letting her sort of flake with grace by applying pressure to like give an answer, but it doesn't have to be the answer mm -hmm. that is going to like, let you down. You're like, it's okay to give me this sort of bad news. In fact, I would prefer the bad news early. In right. a funny way, right? Right. And yeah. Like I did that, that like three times. Someone, that, yeah. that just gives someone like so much space to just appreciate you, because very rarely do they do they get that sort of level of of communication where they can be, you know, th they're okay with whatever outcome or or they feel comfortable with whatever outcome. Well, I, I'm showing I'm showing I have options and I'm not needy, right? Right. I and like that's that's like if you look at like what guys what th those are the thing most guys don't have options and they're needy right that's what they see and most guys also are going to get their feelings hurt you know mm -hmm. 
Right. right. And I'm like, I'm a big boy, like, you know, whatever. I booked so these I, show tickets. They were 250 bucks each. And now you're flaking. Oh my God. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, well that's super sexy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm getting better, but this is definitely an area that I struggle in. And it's especially a struggle when I really do have feelings for a girl, um, which, you know, I want to do. And and I want to make plans with them, but I can't jam it down their throat because that's not how they work. And so I have to live in the ambiguity and just accept. And it's it's um, hard as somebody that likes to have complete control of how my time is going to play out. Yeah. And I, for that, it's like, that's so hard because, I mean, I remember when I when I met my wife, I had a ton of options and you know, it didn't matter if she flaked or not because I had other options, but it really mattered because I wanted to hang out with her. Yeah. And it's like, there's not like I could do anything to the more I try to force that outcome or push that outcome, you know, the, the worse off I am. So, you know, as the stakes get higher and you get more invested into someone, it's like, there's really nothing you can do. But, <laughs> you know, just try to remain, try to remain cool and sort of, you know, go with the flow of the situation. Feel the vibes, as you like to say, right? <laughs> fuck the vibes, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck the vibes. Um, so, yeah, are, are there any other situations that you feel like we didn't cover? Um, you know, high-end social circle stuff. I mean, I think, I think what we mentioned as far as like an expiring invite, right? When you're sending multiple invites out, if there's that sense of urgency and just being honest about the fact that like, listen, if, if it's cool, if you don't respond to this, but I'm going to give the seat away, right? Like, I think that solves a lot of the issues there. Um, a lot of this stuff couples really well with social circle, right? Or uh, social mm -hmm. media, like for like, for me, that sort of stuff works really well because the girls follow me on IG and then they see the other girls that went instead of them, right? Like exactly. And so it's like it's not um it's not empty and they absolutely realize that like, I've got options. So these things really pair nicely um together. I think it without options, without social media, it gets a lot harder. Um, I, I think because then you are sort of functionally lower down in the totem pole of, of investment levels and interest. And then you get to a point as well where you have, you know, a small group of women who've expressed a lot of interest in the shows that they've missed. Right. If, if you, if you go to three shows and they couldn't come to the first one, but you know, you don't extend the invite to the second one and then they respond to the story and they say, oh, that looks so awesome. And then if you apply a little bit more, you know, uh, it's not really applying pressure, but if you don't invite her to the next one and then she's like, where's my invite? You know, for sure she's coming to the, to the one after that. Oh, right? for sure. Um, and it, what also happens is I get my I get my like core girls, which are like I'm not in any sort of dating situation with, but like they're my homies. Right. Like and. And it's like, then it's like, well, look, even if the, my love interest or whatever can't make it, like these girls are dope. We're going to have a good time. We're going to look sexy. It's going to be great content, you know, like, so it starts to kind of, you end up in this place where you're just like pretty cool with whatever. Right. And then whatever the love interest is, is going to see you on IG and they're like, fuck. Like, like, he's just around it, having, yeah. yeah. Having that, <laughs> that really hot wing woman who you're down to just go out and have an awesome you know, 
time with, even if that's friend zone, like that's awesome because like other girls are going to see that. That's going to build attraction. You're going to have a great time. You're still like, you know, you're you're still kind of getting that dose of feminine energy, I guess you could say. Like, that's what I really loved about having female friends is like, I could go out with them. And even though we were platonic, I still felt like, you know, there was like that good sort of feeling of interacting with like a beautiful feminine creature, right? With the risk of sounding like a woo woo idiot, but that that like is a real thing versus no, when you totally. go with it the goes dude. both ways. It goes right. both ways, dude. Like like the girls too, like love being sort of having the masculine energy around, and like it's it's a it's a good vibe. And like dude, like uh, that's actually something I've noticed about some of the guys struggle with. Like like I've had just as many struggles with women as anybody, if not more, you know, and. I love, I love having women around like, and, and actually like if I really, really love having a particular woman around, I might friends on her because I know any sort of sexual relationship will take her out of my life. Right. I know, you know, I've done that with a couple. Um, and like, I really enjoy their company. Like it's fun. I like making them laugh. I like fucking around with them. Right. Like I like that energy and it's not sexual. Um, right. and, and I think that's like a big, big deal. I think a lot of the guys I see get stuck cause they actually sort of fundamentally don't see the women as people yet on some level, they see the women as, as targets or, or opportunities. And it's just like that, I think comes from a lack of interaction with women over long periods of time where they realize like, no, they're like great people, but fantastic people. And by the way, like some of the women that I love most in my life platonically are totally flaking on guys, right? Like. <laughs> Like, and like, totally. And it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there, there's a process that guys go through, which is like, you know, you're, if, if you're like me, which a lot of the guys are, it's like, you're the quintessential nice guy and you're able to have like female friends and maybe you start from that place, but you're getting friend zoned by like every girl that you actually like. And that's really painful. Right. And then you kind of need to go through a phase where you're like avoiding the friend zone and you're being more direct and you're kind of putting your balls in the line a little bit more. And it's like, you're guarding against the friend zone thing, but then you come full circle. And then kind of once you've get past that and you're no longer worried about the friends and then you can fully embrace the friend zone uh-huh. and you can funnel all of your women first into the friend zone. And then eventually from there, Hey, you just might end up, you know, dating one of those friends, but like, you can't do that if you have like no experience, if you're uncomfortable with sexual tension, if you haven't had a lot of dates and gotten those reps in, but it's cool how that process does come full circle for guys. No, it's totally right. It's funny now. Like, uh, it's, it's almost become, you said friend zoning has become a shit test. Once a woman realizes that I'm not with her, at least looking for Cause my actual answer is like, are you for a relationship? Is like, well, it depends who's asking. Right. Like, um, but like where they realize I'm not looking for one with her, one frequent thing they'll do is be like, well, like, let's just be friends. And I'm like, fuck yes. That is a great idea. I love that. Like, in fact, like I'm taking a bunch of my friends to the show. Like you want to join us? Like, it's going to be awesome. Right. And then they're like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And And then they're like, and then they're like, sort of voluntarily in the friend zone, but they're not sure if it was actual, like their idea anymore. Right. And then like attraction is just like, it's confusing and arousing. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. <laughs> Anytime you can throw a woman for a curveball, right. She's going to think twice about like, Oh, this what's going on here. This is a lot more interesting than I thought. Totally. Totally. I, yeah. I think it's all I got my friend. Yeah, man. I think that's a perfect place to leave off. I think we covered, you know, the gamut when it comes to, you know, dealing with flakes, double booking, triple booking, 
sextuplet booking is is i guess what what we were talking about it's, it's booking six in one evening three are you sure that's you know. not having sex with with <laughs> six girls <laughs> <laughs> yeah very very well no may well could be but uh dude thanks so much for for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom and you know some of those points you raised about morality and uh cultural morality versus individual morality like that was gold you can apply that to so many different areas of life yeah my friend it's what happens when you over function like i do <laughs> 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 all right guys and thanks for you you know live listeners who tuned in and we'll uh, see you next time peace buddy peace i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you're new to the show and digging our content please leave us a five-star review on itunes stitcher youtube wherever you listen or watch but if you're not really digging it go ahead just don't leave us any review at all that'd be great if you're feeling a little bit stuck or you just want to optimize and step up your game, we've opened up a few spots in our Inner Confidence community. We're accepting applications if you want to join our select group of men and experience the radical power of accountability, cross everything off your sexual bucket list, and just become a beast who gets more stuff done. To learn more and apply, go to start.innerconfidence.com. 